Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. It's never an easy call with so many problems in the world to know where to direct the money that you donate when you want to help out in this world. But what I can tell you is that when you donate to CAMH, you're saving lives. We know about the opioid crisis. We know about the mental health crisis. They are doing the work. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at CAMH.ca slash CanadaLand to help us treat addiction and build hope. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. Comes with a 20-year warranty and a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. Mothers, do not let your babies grow up to make CanCon. Because the party is over. There's no more cake. The freebies, the subsidies, the whole system is going away. Not overnight, but piece by piece. And without the loot bags, without the presents, the entitlements, without the government money for Canadian content, there is no Canadian content. Not as we've known it. You see, the money isn't there to support the content. The content is there to get the money. Last week, the CRTC overhauled the CanCon TV rules. Canadian channels are going to be able to play a lot less Canadian television, so Canadian companies are going to make a lot less Canadian television. And we will be talking a lot more about that on this show soon. But today, I'm going to talk about a different kind of subsidized Canadian media. Shane Dingman at the Globe and Mail recently reported that the cash-strapped Ontario government is reviewing their video game tax credit, largely because it is being egregiously exploited by people who are not making video games. The exact language for the kind of media it subsidizes, and this is a killer subsidy, they will give you 40% of your labor, marketing, and distribution costs for the production of, here's how they put it, interactive digital media. But people, it is 2015. What media isn't digital? 
And what digital media isn't interactive? If your company has a website, you are involved in the production of interactive digital media. And as follows, banks, insurance companies, even newspapers, including the Globe and Mail and the Post Media chain, they have all been tapping this fund to make websites and online brochures. There are so many companies lining up to get this free money that it now takes up to 50 months to get certified for the credit, which is longer than most tech startups are even around for. There is no limit on this subsidy, and it is now costing Ontario taxpayers close to $100 million a year, and so the province has deemed it unsustainable. Now, this is not just about Ontario. There are other provinces with subsidies just like this. The federal government has a program, too. Our various governments have literally been fighting with each other to give money away to people who make video games, one of whom will be joining me in a moment. Albert Lai is the CEO of Big Viking Games in London, Ontario. I met him years ago when he was a listener of my old tech show, Search Engine, and he will be joining me in a second. So wait for it. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Alan Jansen, Sean Ross, Susan Smith-Josephy, Dave Pettypiece, Monica Samek, Zach Kerbel, Simon Howell, Shelley Moore, Keith Nixon, Trish Williams, and CJFE. Recently, I told you how Canadian Journalists for Free Expression is this tiny, nimble organization that gives grants to journalists in distress or to the families of journalists who are killed on the job. And yes, they do very specific things like that for specific people. But they also do big things to protect free expression for all of us. And I asked Tom, who runs CJFE, to give me an example. Last year, we pretty much single-handedly stopped Bill C-461. No one has heard about this story, but it would have destroyed the CBC, would have completely obliterated investigative journalism there because it would have made the CBC, the CBC would have been forced to reveal their sources for investigative uh, stories subject to access to information requests, which would have been a nightmare. It, it would have ruined them. Um, but uh, we went and spoke with Brent Rathgeber, led a coalition um, of other organizations and, and lobbied to stop the bill. And that's just one of many bills that we've stop. We went and talked to Rathgeber and it was this this was like a big going to be a big success for him because private members bills pass so rarely. But we went and talked to him and said, look, the, this is this is something that will be incredibly damaging to all of Canada because, you know, we need a strong public broadcaster and for it to lose its investigative journalism powers would be would be a nightmare. You know, after a lot of lobbying, it, it, I think it took over a year, um, agreed to withdraw it himself. And the conservatives were shocked. Journalists don't like to report on themselves. So it never Never, it never became a big story, but it was a big win for us. Guys, there are just four people working at CGFE, and they accomplish things like that. I am a volunteer, I am a member, and you should become one too. Membership for listeners of this podcast is currently discounted. Go to cjfe.org, click become a member, and you'll find out about the perks and pub nights with journalists and the annual review that they publish, all of which you will get when you join me and become a CGFE member. Do it. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool. It doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what 
Canadians prefer, and it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, It's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, and just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody, half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. Hands down, the best office in all of London. We have like two slushy machines and we have like a industrial strength soft serve ice cream machine as well. Yeah. And like we have this collection of like super, super expensive and good whiskey. Man, if you're trying to lure the top developers to London, Ontario, you better have some perks. You better have some good high quality whiskey. We're luring the, the, the best alcoholics around the world. That's what we seem to be luring. And you're making super spin slots and Fish World. Yeah, Fish World at, at Yeovil, which we bought back from Zynga, which is like a crazy story. But you're making like Facebook games, play them for free and then upgrade for money like far, in the tradition of Farmville. Yeah. And the government's giving you money to make Facebook games. That's correct. We are the government is giving us money to make Facebook games, uh, mobile iOS games. We're hoping to even go out and build um, HTML5 games that are going to be playable on the open mobile web. To a lot of people, that's a strange use of government funds. Like, how much are you getting the full? Like, you spend sixty cents, the government gives you forty cents to, to, to make Facebook games. Yeah, so basically what how it works is it's it's very similar to say um the tax credits that the film industry gets. Uh they also subsidize development of, of magazines, uh, music, film and television, uh and also um literature. And part of where we use our funds is uh in building uh both Facebook and mobile games. We also then take advantage of the uh shred credits. What we call shred credits are basically SRNED tax credits. And that's from the federal government. You're basically getting upwards of 50 cents on the dollar. And that's been enormously helpful over the last, I don't even know how many years it's been, but it's definitely over 10 years. So why should the taxpayer be paying 50 cents of every dollar spent on a guy who's making Fish World? (laughs) It's a great question. What I can say from a business perspective is that we end up creating a lot more jobs that we otherwise wouldn't be able to create if it wasn't for the fact that we had the support of the OMDC. Also, the OMDC has made it very attractive for us to locate here over other parts of Canada that have also comparable tax credits. There are similar tax credits in Quebec as well as BC. And those other provinces are very comparable tax credits. Uh, the Ontario one is slightly better. And there are other tax credits um, in other parts of the world. They're just simply not quite as attractive because of 
various rules and regulations. The reason why、um, I felt that this is a great investment as a taxpayer, and this is not looking at it just you know from a business perspective, from our perspective as a beneficiary of the tax credits, but really. You know, objectively looking at it as an investor in general,、um, digital entertainment business and industry is growing at a clip that's faster than pretty much any other、uh, segment of the industry, and it's really, really interesting to watch how digital media is becoming. Something that is becoming much more mainstream. How many people that used to not consider themselves gamers are now spending more time and money in front of games than than anywhere else? You bring up the、um, the film industry and the subsidies that they've enjoyed for so long, and it's a good comparison in in, in one way, but not in another. I mean, there are two reasons why the government has、uh, has subsidized that, and、uh, you know, and and all culture, you know. The first and the original reason was cultural. Was the idea that we we needed to have ca- Canadian content, Canadian films, Canadian TV shows, Canadian magazines, and everything else. And the second one is industrial. You make a very compelling case that you know video games are a much better bet if you're going to try to subsidize an industry to create good jobs. This is an industry on the grow culturally. And I'm not going to make the, the case that video games are of no cultural worth or anything like that. And you know, then you got to go and compare the kind of f- film and movies that we're making, and and, make, and ask the same questions of that. So I'm not going to put down Fishworld,、uh, you know, like <laughs> in, in, or, or video games as a genre or as a medium. But I'm curious if they are making the same requirements of of you culturally. Is there some cultural goal? Like, do they want the fish in Fishworld to be Canadian fish, or can you make whatever kind of games you want? We we have a pretty flexible mandate when it comes to the kind of、uh, content、uh, we generate. I actually don't know exactly where they draw the line in terms of the content, but I know that with certain aspects of their funds, you know, they they frown upon things that are, are you know overly violent or have you know adult subject matter. Those things are things that they would not fund. So as far as I know, there is no specific requirements. For it to be Cana- over, like Canadian in nature, other than the fact that the jobs、uh, need to be、uh, created、uh, in in Canada, right? So you probably couldn't do like super gory stuff or super porno stuff, but you can do a slot machine game.、And、that's correct. What is this? Your fourth company, Albert? Technically the sixth, but that's 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 sort of not counting a few that were really small. Your sixth company, and and how old are you?、Oh, I don't like talking about that. I feel old now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you don't get to play the boy wonder twenty four year old card, but you're. No, I'm thirty. I'm thirty. I'm thirty six. You're thirty six. I、right. started、uh, really, really young too, so that gives you a bit of an advantage. Don't worry, you're still for, for your sixth company. You're still pretty young. Don't worry, you can still play that. Card, <laughs> here's what I really wonder about about what the government is up to with this. You come from. A, yeah, I, I remember hanging out with you in, in、uh, Silicon Valley in, in San Francisco. You have had companies that you know you exit for them, you build them up, they get acquired, or you take your leave of them. It's a fast moving scene, and now you've got a totally different setup than when you get money from a venture capitalist, right? Venture capitalist wants you know a ten times, hundred times return on their investment, and then they're out. Your investor in, in 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 your partner, who is the government, they want to keep these jobs around for as long as possible. They don't want you to sell your company to Zynga or anybody else. 
So you've got a different incentive structure there and you've got like – it's all about the labor and you're getting like 50 percent or more of your labor costs covered. It seems like you're being given an incentive to go against the trend of a new media, whatever, digital company, which is like you're just sort of being like incentivized to stick around and employ people as long as possible, which is not really how your industry works. Um, I would say that there's another way to look at it. So I I, I don't – completely disagree or I don't completely agree with that. There I don't think there's a there's a bias or an incentive to not exit. In fact, this the, you're touching on a, a tangential point that uh I, I'm trying to bring up with the policymakers, which is that we get a comparable allocation of funds uh, as a foreign company that would set up shop here. And you know, one of the things that's really key is the value creation of content that then has its asset, its IP, owned by Canadians. Because not only does the creation of, say, like, for example, imagine the, you know, Assassin's Creed. Um, Assassin's Creed is a, is a series of games that is created by Ubisoft. It's, they're fantastic. They employ hundreds of people to build this game. They create tons and tons of jobs. They wouldn't have created those jobs here if it wasn't for the subsidies, which is great because it allowed us to go and get a lot of investment from a foreign company to set up shop here and train tons of people that otherwise wouldn't have been able to get trained on those skills or gotten those jobs. Now, the the challenge of that is as a Canadian company, we're competing for the same dollars. And arguably, well, in Ubisoft's case, it's a little different because they got a sort of a different deal. But overall, I would say that any foreign company that comes in, they get a comparable kind of treatment as we do. And one of the recommendations I'm trying to make is that there's a slightly more favorable preferential treatment for Canadian control companies, because ultimately what happens is when the company gets sold, and there's no like incentive or disincentive for us to sell or not sell the company, but let's say the company does get sold or bought, like our neighbors, Digital Extreme, uh, which is across the street, they get bought and the value of the intellectual property, the brand itself, what I call the terminal value of the assets that are created, they, instead of if it's a foreign owner that is subsidized for their job creation, the terminal value ends up outside of Canada. Whereas um, if it was a Canadian control and own company, the terminal value gets uh, stays in Canada. Those dollars then flow into the country and obviously gets taxed and the taxpayers get a, an additional return to the jobs that are created. So just to summarize, if you sell Big Viking for a fortune, then you're going to get hit with huge capital gains and that's going to go to Canada. But if Ubisoft sells or just if somebody makes them a better offer for cheap labor somewhere else in the world, they pick up shop and leave and and that's it. Yes. And in in, in Ubisoft defense, um, A, they don't they actually, at least in the Ontario situation, they have a special deal that they've cut with the government. But, but uh, you know, there are, are other companies that are are in a similar situation where they're locating themselves in Ontario and they could pick up their jobs and leave. But I do believe that they do add value still. 
they, they it does add value when a large um, you know multinational comes in and trains the local population that we can we can then benefit from. Like quite frankly, I will benefit from from that investment. The only thing that I would say is that you know being on equal playing field as a Canadian company from a taxpayer perspective, it's not as favorable in my opinion. And ultimately, what are we trying to do? Like, do we just want to provide cheap labor to, uh, you know, American and European companies, or are we trying to build our own, you know, cultural industries here? Yeah, and there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a balance and an argument to be made, right? I, I, I'm of, of us, I'm certainly of the stance that it should be unequal. There should be some um, preferential treatment for local companies, you know, honestly, objectively, and, and obviously selfishly as a Canadian and uh, that's running a Canadian game company. There's definitely value there. You're also like being kind of pitted against this foreign company by your own government, you know, in other ways, like Ubisoft is on this huge hiring binge. I mean, first they were doing that in Montreal and now they're on this huge hiring binge here in Toronto and you're competing with them for talent and they have a real sweetheart deal. I mean, you've got your own sweetheart deal with the government through, you know, the, the programs that you're tapping. They have a, like, like a handcrafted deal and they're getting a, yes. a huge amount of money, but you can't really complain because you're also getting cash from the government as well. I mean, isn't this just what happens when the government starts to tamper in, in I mean, I guess any industry, but in cultural industries, like it, it just gets increasingly complicated. Absolutely. I, it's a very complicated thing where, you know, the policies are difficult to craft to make it equitable and optimized. But I'll say this, though. My previous company was a, a pioneer in uh, analytics for, for games. And I had, you know, basically lived out of a suitcase for, for um, many years. And in my six-month sabbatical that I took after running it for several years, uh, I was looking for a place where I wanted to start my next company. And I knew that I always had a passion for games. I knew it was going to be it's very important that games are going to define much of culture in the future. And that will be really fun and an, an important um, area to work in. And so the net of it is that I could have actually built the next company pretty much anywhere. And I chose to come back to Ontario to build this because we had, you know, the most favorable climate. We had access to talent. We had access to uh, technical talent, creative talent that like world-class and also great subsidies. And we're, I'm finding that there's more and more entrepreneurs are coming back to Canada and specifically Ontario because of the favorable climate. And I think it's important. This is like we're seeing, you know, the upshot of this, of, of all of this that's happening in the last five or 10 years of this recognition of the research tax credits and the media tax credits is that there's kind of a re- reverse brain drain because we, we've made it so attractive for, for people to come back to Ontario and Canada to set up shop. Yeah. I, you know, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get, you know, I'm putting you in a tough spot because you, you know, are, are very much involved in this. Like your, your, your business is built on these subsidies, but I know that you're also uh, a person of the larger industry and, and who's, you know, been active in tech and, in, in both countries. And, you know, you bring up the uh, comparison of, um, you know, I, I think you said in a different interview that like, well, we, you know, we sort of missed the boat want, trying to make, uh, you know, Canada into Hollywood North or, or, you know, Ontario into Hollywood North, but we can, we can make this the Hollywood of video games. And you got to learn something from that failed example. Like what did they get wrong and, you know, I, I'm watching that whole system of subsidy for film and television get disassembled after, you know, business people such as yourself, whose focus got diverted from making the best products they possibly could towards 
getting as much subsidy as they possibly could. And then once there are subsidies that are kind of like, you know, engineering the game and rigging the rules for one company, not another, then you get into like, well, let's let's shift it so it's favorable to me and away from the other place. And let's try to get a bigger piece of the pie. And bit by bit, you know, are, are you afraid that your focus is going to get off? Like the game you're playing is no longer competing with other social games and other video game companies. It's going to be competing with, with Ubisoft's of the world for the biggest piece of the subsidy pie. Ah, this is such, uh, you, you actually picked up on the super salient point. You, you provoked a whole bunch of thoughts. So one, one, one thought is that like, you're absolutely right. Like there, there's, there's a, the, the restrictions suck for being creative. And um, the Ontario government, the tax credits, and most of the tax credits across Canada have been very, very hands-off in terms of the type of content. And as a result, we can create world-class content. We have the potential, and we are creating world-class content that is not limited by having you know, a certain amount of Canadian bacon and cheese and whatever flags in the games. And if you look at what that could become, is that imagine that the next Angry Birds was built by a Canadian company, which is not you know, difficult or unfathomable. We have no inherent reason why we can't do that given the situation that we're in. Um, it doesn't involve um, an enormous amount of proprietary access to certain business development and distribution channels. Like, you know, if you're, if you want to create a, a movie studio, it's really hard to not like not be in Hollywood. With games, what's really cool is you just create the game, you stick it into the app store, if it's great, it's going to sell. But in the film industry and television industry, where it's it's significantly different is the 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 economics and the scale of what you need to be at in order to be globally successful. Clash of Clans. This is key quote. Clash of Clans is created by a company called Supercell. That game was originally created by twelve people. It generates anywhere between two and five million dollars a day. And they had no proprietary access. It's not like they were, you know, spin-off of Apple or Google. They simply did what everyone else did. They they worked really hard on a really creative concept. They were really clever about how they implemented their game mechanics. And then they threw it onto the app store. Whereas in film and television, at least the way that I interpret the te- film and television industry, you need like to for 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 something to have a shot at making a, that kind of money. You know, when I say that kind of money, we're talking about billions of dollars over the lifetime of Clash of Clans. You need a huge cast and crew. You need crazy levels of marketing. You can't bootstrap that. That's why I love the Toronto indie scene is that there's a lot of real success stories where you have, you know, anywhere between three and 10 guys or gals sitting in a basement hacking away at like some very creative ideas that then, you know, and there's many examples of this where then they, they throw on the app store and it's literally played by millions and millions and millions of people around the world. Yeah. There's another challenge with the uh, Ontario Media Development uh, Tax Credit and with all these subsidies. In Canada, like all of our industries are so hooked on subsidies that when you kind of like bang the soup kettle and and let it be known that there's a trough, uh, you, you've now got banks tapping that fund. 
to make like you know like what is interactive digital media? Well, everything digital is interactive, so it's not like explicitly limited to video games. You've got banks getting money from that fund to make their websites, insurance companies. You've got newspapers who are tapping the same fund as you, and now it's just ballooning to like the hundred million dollar mark. Um, and you know, marketing firms, manufacturers, and so now the the process of getting verified and getting that cash has gone from like a few months to a year and a half, and now some companies are being told it's going to take. 50 50 months to tap that fund. The government is now trying to scale back on that. I mean, like, isn't this just the inevitability of when there's when there's free money for the taking, you know, like you you, you, you start having to fight it out with just, you know, everybody's got their hand up. No, you you actually nailed a really good point there as well. There, there, there are challenges to the policies that need to be, I think, um, revisited around um, what can be funded and, and what the intent of the fund is. There are absolutely outliers that are applying to the fund that don't fit the guidelines uh, or the intent of the OMDC credits. And these tax credits were meant for interactive game and content development, not for brochureware for funeral homes. And that, that is a prime example that the industry likes to cite as being part of the challenge, which is that um, the there are a lot of non compliant and non-suitable companies that are applying to these tax credits that need to be filtered out. And it's jamming the system and making it very difficult for those that are actually creating original interactive uh, entertainment that are, you know, what the funds are meant for, but are held up because the auditors and the screeners have to go through um, a lot of this junk that gets, you know, thrown into the pile. There are massive companies that are benefiting from this program that are highly, highly profitable, large uh, newspaper companies um, or media companies that are benefiting from this. And uh, potentially in the future at the expense of, you know, smaller startups like ourselves that are, you know, high growth and and actually do, do need the funds. (laughs) <laughs> we got to take this away from the fat cat newspaper business and give it to the the scrappy young video game companies. Exactly. Like, I, look, it, it is appalling when you when you hear like that, like the Globe and Mail and Post Media is is tapping this video game fund, you know. And and uh, my first thought when I heard about that is, I wonder if I could get some of that money. And then I realized that if I did, I couldn't criticize the fund. Albert, <laughs> thanks for your patience with me. Thank you for talking about this today. No, no, my my pleasure. That's your Canada Land Show. I hope you liked it. You can always email me at jesse at jessebrown.ca. I read them all. I respond when I can. Go have a look at the website. It is canadalandshow.com. We're publishing new articles all the time. The crowdfunding site is at patreon.com slash canadaland. Go have a look because we are so close. The next Canada Land Shortcuts will be up on Thursday. If you like this show, support it. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures and it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada land. We need you to and so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada Land supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% 
discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.